Okay, that's enough fellowship. You can have donuts and more fellowship after the service. Hi, my name is Mary Poling, and uh, just so you know, I'm a musician by trade, and, um, and I also like to take photographs, so you'll see some of those. Let's start by praying. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you, and then use us, we pray you, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is New Hope's history. So Joe has asked me numerous times in the past to share during this The Hope That Is In You series, and I really haven't felt prompted to do so, really haven't wanted to do so, until I heard Joe mention the other week of the telling of New Hope's story and his, uh, the history. And that's when the Spirit sort of nudged me to say, tell that story. In a sense, it's wrapped up in yours too. So here I am to share with you the story of God's faithful, unfailing faithfulness. Psalm 145.13 says, The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. So, once upon a time, I married a lawyer. Or so I thought I was. About two years into our marriage, we knew God was calling Jason into ministry. So he started seminary instead of law school. During this time, he worked at Grace Fellowship Church, where we were worshiping. In 2001, Grace Fellowship Church had a vision of planting two more churches in the Baltimore area, one in White Marsh and the other in the 795 corridor. It was also about this time that my husband Jason was finishing seminary, and I personally felt God leading us to a church plant. While a group of about 12 households were meeting and praying about this Owings Mills plant in one location of the church, I was in the different location praying with the White Marsh group because that's where we lived, and that made sense. Then, as part of Jason's job at Grace, he was given the task of helping oversee the 795 corridor group and help them get off the ground. So for a year, they met on Thursday nights and then made, later moved to Sunday nights. I wasn't a part of that group because I had rehearsal Sunday nights. So all these people meeting together, I knew no one. So Jason started meeting with them at Rosh Panah as they met to worship, pray, and fellowship together. About a year later, it became clear that that was the church plant God wanted us to be part of, New Hope Community Church. So see, I knew none of those people, once again, and I've learned that through this entire journey that God has a great sense of humor. I've also come to realize that most of the time, his ways are never in my timing, always his. So the theater days, 2003 to 2005. On Sunday, March 8th, 2003, that's five days after Alicia, my second daughter, who is a year and six days younger than our oldest daughter, Kara, was born. Uh-oh, we have no slides. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so five days after she was born, we had our first Sunday service 
in the Lowe's movie theaters in Owings Mills. Uh-oh. Okay. It's just taking a while? Uh-oh, this is going to be a problem. There's 105 of them. This will make me sad. That's okay. <clears throat> so, let me give you a glimpse of what those first years in the theater were like. Every week, a team had to set up multiple safe places for our children. And by this point, I should mention that there were quite a few to be taken care of. This included many baby gates, soft foam interlocking pads on the floor, toys, sign-in sheets, sign-out sheets, the list goes on. And meanwhile, another theater was transformed into our worship space. Instruments, sound equipment, projectors, complete with sticky floors and all. I like to think that that just gave us extra percussion sounds. So we continued to worship there for three years, setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down every week. A few things I remember God teaching me or us through that time. Number one, we wanted to be about new hope, or we wanted new hope to be about what God wanted us to be about and not our own desires. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We desired to do things with God, never wanting to get ahead of him or do things without him. I believe that nothing we do is of any value whatsoever if it's done outside the will of God. We quickly learned and were often reminded that there are two name tags, God and not God. And we, met the, uh, and we get the one that says not God. You see, when we first started, we sat up in the biggest theater expecting a ton of people to come knocking down our doors um, to join us. That seemed to be the track record for all the other Grace Fellowship uh, church plants. So we quickly growing to many people and many services. But it seemed as if God had in mind for New Hope to start as a community, all about living life together and learning what it looked like to be disciples of Christ and share this to the world around us wherever we were. Or to put it into analogy that rings true to a musician's heart, is the music of a woodwind quintet less effective or say less or reach less and touch less people than, say, a full orchestra? The better question became, are we in rhythm with God? And if we are, he will lead us to the song he wants us to sing. Number two, community. Through this group of people, God taught me what true community really looked like. Everyone who came to New Hope was involved, helping out in every way possible all the time. Our lives intertwined not just on Sundays, but what felt like most every other weekday as well. Almost everyone was in a house church. That's our small groups who do life together. Weekly. Studying scripture, praying for each other, and doing meals together frequently. In fact, most Sundays, we would invade TJI Fridays, or the Barnes's house, who was uh, our first el head elder, after church to celebrate another Sunday service. In 2005, I read the book by Ken Geyer, A Reflective Life, and this statement really spoke to me. 
It's not the work we do that's important. It's the people we work with. It's the work God does in our lives through them and the work he does in their lives through us. That's what is sacred. Number three, community. I know you're saying, hey, that was number two. You're right. Here's a story of God's faithful uh, personal faithfulness to my family during these early years. So every time Jason and I would pray about New Hope, all we would hear over and over again was the word community. You see, we owned a house in Parkville, remember close to that white marsh plant, and it quickly seemed as if God wanted us to move into that 795 corridor to live with the people he was calling us to serve. But honestly, this made no sense to me. There were only 30 to 35 people, what we sort of called our motley crew, and almost as many children involved in this church that we didn't even know would get off the ground, let alone be be able to support a pastor and his family. So most family members and other friends thought we were just absolutely crazy to even be thinking about looking into move just across town, to live in this community. But sensing it was a call from God, we decided to at least look into the option. Well, three months later, we closed on our house in Parkville and with the help of many friends, hauled all our belongings 21 miles west, moving into a house that I felt no business owning, but once again felt God leading us to it, and so quickly, not to mention it had ample parking. And we moved with a 15-month-old and a 3-month-old for a new church. I've learned stepping out in faith requires much risk. And I think God calls us to take risks on him. That's often when our faith can grow the most. I would rather risk failure and sometimes find success than guarantee mediocrity. I'll say that again. I would rather risk failure and sometimes find success than guarantee mediocrity. In every risk I've ever taken on him, God has never left me alone in it and proven himself faithful. On December 4th of 2005, we moved from the movie theaters to the lovely Stone Chapel. With a new building that we now had access to 24-7 came new opportunities. First and foremost, building an area in the church for our children to learn. It was quite a transformation, I will say. Taking turns cleaning the church, coffee houses, fun food and fellowship, men's early morning prayer meetings, vacation, Bible, schools. Kids' night in, And for the women, it meant we had a place to hold a Bible study. So some things to learn. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So during the theater days, some of the women were traveling back to Grace to do a, a Bible study together. There, we took full advantage of everything they had to offer a worship team, the space, babysitting, the entire setup. Someone else did all the planning and most of the work. We had been praying about God's timing to move our Bible study to a location closer to more women and closer to the communities that we, many of us were living in. 
We felt like God was giving us his blessing to move forward, so we did. In September of 2006, we hosted our very first Bible study, studying John, with 21 women and 30 children. Everything was completely set. Oh, except childcare, the one thing that was so desperately needed. A small fun fact that you may not know. Remember when I said I was, uh, when we started New Hope, I had Alicia on the Tuesday and our first meeting was the following Sunday? Well, it seems I started a 10-year streak of someone being pregnant constantly. As a side note, I'm sort of wondering if when Joe and Amy became um, pastors here, they were pregnant and he took over in January of 2018. Well, if you haven't been keeping record, it's been a year and a half so far where someone has always been pregnant. Karen Nichols is due in October, so I'm just wondering, does anyone have an announcement to make? <laughs> if not, you have until October. Okay, getting back to childcare. We had done everything we could possibly think of to secure people to watch our children. We called everyone we could think of. We sent emails to every, everyone we could think of, to neighboring colleges. We tried many nearby churches. Anything we could think of, we did. The first week came and we had no childcare, none, not even one. So many of the women who had come to be part of this study, you know, to study God's word, spent that first week watching children instead of diving into his word. To say the least, we were crushed. Why was God not blessing this? So after that meeting, I was driving home, feeling completely defeated, and I remember instead of going home, driving my van into Jen Hobson's driveway, calling her and asking her if she was home, and when she said yes, I said, good, I'm in your driveway. We talked and prayed, and I remember leaving that day saying something like, I'm all done trying. If God wants this Bible study to continue, he's going to need to do something. I can only imagine that God was cheering, thinking, finally, she remembers that I'm in control, and I do care way more than they do. I think he wanted me to remember that all things come from him, that when we were done trying to make his work happen, that he and it was and is powerful enough to make it happen. So when I got home, this is the time before smartphones, five minutes later, There was an email from Goucher's Christian community that three girls were eager to serve and that they had their own transportation, that they would be there next week. And one of those girls actually ended up marrying our very first New Hope intern. Matthew 6, 30 through 34. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Who will provide childcare? That's not in scripture. These things dominates the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Once again, God has a sense of humor, and his timing and ways normally aren't the ways I'd think of. So during these Stone Chapel years, God taught us again about, you guessed it, community. However, in an entirely new and deeper level. Ways like praying in community. 
iron sharpening iron, continued scripture study, and actually watching for God. You know, like the more you look for him, the more you see him at work. And sometimes it's only when I intentionally watch that I actually notice what he does. A big overarching lesson about community was relationships matter, vertically and horizontally. First and foremost is the vertical relationship, seeking God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And I discovered that seeking him first actually helps all other areas of my life. C.S. Lewis has a quote that I've had hanging on my dresser for years that puts it this way. When I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Insofar as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. Vertical. Then there is horizontal, living life together with people. You discover things that are not just So it's not just a picnic, not just a swim party, just baby and wedding showers, just nights out together, just festivals and parades and pumpkin carving, trick-or-treating, just egg hunts, just sled rides, oops, I'm sorry, just white elephant Christmas parties, just camping trips, just sled riding and hiking adventures, just hanging out, just phone calls and conversations, just playgroups. Everything is simply not just. When you share your life, you build trust. And when you can trust, you can be real. And when we are real, we find out that we are all dealing with stuff. Real change can only happen when we are vulnerable and authentic, when we're being real with each other, and that's a scary place. I've often wondered why we here at New Hope, you remember, a smaller community, have so many problems, real problems, big problems. We've had our share of marital struggles, illnesses, many knee surgeries, death, addiction, incarceration, depression, anxiety, infertility, and overfertility, financial struggles, job struggles, parenting concerns, communication issues, singleness, career challenges, refugees seeking asylum, crises of faith. I feel like God has had us walk through so many different problems, And okay, I'm a little afraid to say that because I don't want him to be like, haven't dealt with this yet, bam. So how can it be that such a small group, and why? Was God only sending New Hope all the challenging people? Then he helped me realize this is life, real life. If you're honest with each other, when you don't try to sugarcoat what the flesh is capable of, When you live life together, authentically with each other, when you're vulnerable with each other, when you aren't afraid to be real with each other because 
you desire all that God has for you, and you know that you can't do it on your own. You aren't afraid to be real with each other because you desire all that, oh sorry, God has for you, and you know you can't do it on your own. When you desire to be all that God has made you to be, and you realize you need to deal with these real life issues, and ask God to intervene, to do what he is so good at doing, taking the bad and making something good from it. Our God is a God that is all about redemption and making all things new, making beauty out of ashes. This can happen. We too have seen it happen over and over and over and over again in mighty, mighty ways. Philippians 4 says, All my God and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. However, I will caution you. His answering our prayers, once again, never seems to be in our timing and very rarely in the way that we think it should happen. I once heard it said that God either answers our prayers the way we ask him to, or he answers our prayers the way we would have asked if we knew all he knew. It's frequently very difficult, but I can also say it's always been worth it. And we have learned that God is faithful, faithful to lead us on. He will light your darkness and show you the path of light. He will keep his promises. He desires that we become more and more like him. He gives us the strength when our strength is gone. He has never let us down. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Our confidence is in one thing, God alone. He is the only one who is able and willing. This struggle we call life isn't futile, hopeless, or pointless. It's divine. Relationships are all about participation. It's about a new kind of world. It's about each of us doing our part whenever we're able to contribute to the common good. Sometimes you don't have anything to give. Sometimes you don't have any money, any resources, any energy, any hope. And in those moments, you need others. You need them to remind you in any and every way possible, any way they can, that you are not on your own. So let the message of Christ dwell with you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Don't get me wrong, there have been plenty of happy moments and much rejoicing on many occasions in God's goodness. Baptisms, women's and men's retreats, missions trips, baby dedications, graduations, Joe becoming a pastor, many a Sunday morning service. But I will say a lot of my understanding of God and what he is like has come from, okay, scripture, and these privileges, and I will call them privileges, of seeking him while walking these valleys together. This has led me to a phrase that you might frequently hear me mutter, or I guess my children mutter, go God. 
The last chapter in my history of New Hope thus far will be about another unforeseeable, unpredictable twist in God's plan. We will call this chapter the Episcopal Days and Catonsville, January 2016 to the present. I won't talk a lot about our time here in Catonsville because I feel like Catonsville is New Hope's present, not its history. The Episcopal Days, I could have not written this chapter if I wanted to. My imagination is just not big enough. In 2010, Jason took a trip to Israel with a, a group of pastors and leaders. Among that group was the Episcopal Bishop, Eugene Sutton. Three years later, three years later, Bishop Sutton approached Jason to propose an idea that New Hope moved down to Catonsville to help him start a new Episcopal church at the old St. Timothy's. I did not see that one coming. New Hope's leadership initially quickly said no. But in the course of determining that answer, we also discerned that our time at Stone Chapel was coming to a close. We were outgrowing the space, particularly for the kids. Parking was a challenge, and we were tired of no air conditioning. So while we thought it wasn't going to be Catonsville, the elders were seeking clarity, and God just wouldn't seem to let this particular kingdom vision with the Episcopal Church go. It was definitely something New Hope was interested in pursuing. But in order for this to work, it meant that Jason, my husband, would need to go back to seminary and get another degree to become an Episcopal priest. The best option? New York City. This time, my prayers looked a bit different. If God wanted to disrupt my family's life for an entire year without a clear vision of what was potentially coming, I needed him to make it completely clear that this was his plan. And that he did. He cleared all the paths for all of this to happen. So for the school year of 2014-15, Jason traveled to New York City every Monday morning, taking the 4.30 a.m. train, and to late Thursday night, taking the 10.05 train p.m. weekly to study at General Theological Seminary. Meanwhile, I attempted to keep everything back home running as smoothly as possible with a sixth and seventh grader and a ton of help from this community. The summer before Jason started, God sent me a gift to remind me of his beauty and a verse to hang on my refrigerator. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse, with a phrase that I also frequent, God's got it covered. This is the actual thing that hangs on my refrigerator. It is a visual reminder that's been hanging on my refrigerator ever since. Another visual reminder, my gift. A peacock. A real one. Out of nowhere, in the middle of my backyard. God's beauty in full display. As a frequent reminder of how much he cares about every detail. We named him Ocelus. He is still with us, and yes, that's a picture of him in my backyard. 
God sometimes goes to great detail to express his love for us. I hope we never miss it. Over the course of the next year, through much prayer and discernment, God brought the elders in unanimous decision to Catonsville we will go. Yes, I said Catonsville. There is God's sense of humor again. In January of 2016, New Hope moved to Catonsville to try to help plant St. Hilda's Episcopal Church. In January of 2018, Joe graduated seminary and became lead pastor of New Hope. While St. Hilda's never really got off the ground, New Hope is thriving in Catonsville, bringing many new families and relationships into this church mix. We continue to live out being a community the best way God has shown us, living life together. Jason is now serving as a priest in the Episcopal Diocese, and me, well, with my husband gone, I'm now an elder at New Hope Community Church. Didn't see that one coming either. I'm guessing I will always question God's timing and the ways that he does things. If he wanted New Hope in Catonsville, was all of that really necessary to do so? But I'm guessing he cared about the process and how we would grow in faith again from taking many risks. While I can't tell you what the next few chapters of New Hope's history will look like, because they haven't been written yet, I believe with all certainty we will be surprised. And I know God will continue to be faithful to his people. So New Hope, my charge to us, grow as his disciples, seeking God's will and asking others who are also seeking God's will to join you in this process. Seek scripture. It's alive and active. And in every way possible, learn more about God and who he is and who he is making you to be. Strive to become more fully who he wants you to be. Then take that into the world he has placed you in, showing Christ to others by being who he has made you to be. I'll now invite Joe up to pray for our future. You know, as Mary was talking, something came to mind is when, in the Old Testament, anytime God was about to do a work, oftentimes he would remind the person that he was talking to, uh, Moses or David, he says, "I, I am the God of your ancestors. I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. Uh, what God was doing was reminding um, his people, this, these, these people that he was about to do an amazing work in, that, yeah, I'm, a, I'm about to do something incredible moving forward, uh, but I just wanted to let you, let you know that, that I'm the same God as the one that was faithful back then. I'm the same God that was working a new thing back from the call of Abraham on to today as God has called his people to covenant faithfulness and living into that, um, that reality and that mindset of God's God had covered. Um, I am just so excited about um, the, 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 the days to come and the, and the future ministry season that we have coming up at New Hope. I'm just beyond humbled and just... Um, thrilled at the, the young families, the families that we've, um, uh, that, that we've been welcoming into this church over the past year. Um, I just, uh, I'm just overwhelmed by the quality of people who, who you all are. <laughs> um, so with that, I just wanted to pray for us, and then we'll close in a song.